We are live, I guess. We're not really live. No, but we are broadcasting from Erica's bed. <laughs> right? Make it sound all scandalous. No, but I mean, we both we are both sitting on top of your bed. Yes, we are. Yes, it's because the floor is very uncomfortable. Right, and to me. Okay, and sure. My papazan chair is covered in clean clothing that needs to be folded. I think now we know the entire purpose of this glee cast, from Erica's point of view, has to get me in her bed. Clearly, mm-hmm. clearly that that was it. It all comes out today, doesn't it? It does. Who are we, and what are we here for? I'm Erica. I'm Emily. We're here to glee cast. We're here to glee cast. That whatever that was, <laughs> um, yeah, we're talking about episode something something. Um, episode twenty. Twenty. Okay. 20. Sure. Twenty. Episode twenty. I'm okay with twenty. That works for me. I don't know. One point two point something else. Uh, theatricality. Theatrical. Wait, what was the episode about? Theatricality. How many times do you think in the episode did they say the words theatricality or being theatrical? Which I think you know they're kind of the same thing. Just one's a noun and one's an adjective. Yes, they said it many times. They said it many times because apparently we as an audience. Um, we need, they should really start doing a magic word thing on, because I, like, as soon as you spot it. Should be it, like, it should be like Pee Wee Herman. You just exactly. said the word of the day. Ah! And then we have to take shots. <laughs> yes. Like, it's very easy to make Glee into a drinking game. Anytime Rachel says, I know who she, I know who I am. Yep. Uh, anytime a character squints really hard when belting out a high note. <laughs> uh, and so on. Yeah. But we have, uh, first of all, we're GleeCast, you know us because you're already listening to us. Uh, but in case you forgot, we have forums. Yes, we have forums over at Pop Syndicate. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have anything you want to chit-chat with other Glee fans or us, then you go to popsyndicate.com slash forums and find us. We're there. GleeCast with a K. That's right. Woo. Um, Woo. Very wooing today. I guess it's yeah, the whole Memorial know. Day weekend thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> kind of tired i had a very long day yesterday but um oh i had a very long day yesterday because i went into the city to go to radio city music hall to see glee live on stage um i am dying to ask erica a million questions about it but uh i think the plan is that erica and um mr erica are going to record their own kind of yeah we're gonna do our our mini segment because he couldn't be here to record with us this morning he had Um, better things to do apparently more, slightly more important things to do. There's nothing more important than recording a Glee cast. <laughs> I don't know where your priorities are, Missy. Uh, but yeah, so we will find out all about that, I think, next week. No, I think or... probably this week, maybe just later on in the show. Okay, okay. Um, so maybe... fans, you will probably hear it before I will. Most likely. Um, okay, so let's Did you throw some... your bra to Mike Chang? I didn't. I was up in the second mez. It was a little... It was a far throw. I don't have that good of an arm. Yeah, but you don't need that. You just... If you arc it... And if I was throwing it at anyone, it would have been at Park. Of course. I know. I know. I, I meant to give you one of my bras to throw at Mike Chang. I had many solos. That's what um, I should have done. Did you know Mike Chang is in... Uh... 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 No, wait. L- something great. Something L- magical. Um, Wait, I can't remember. It's the League of Extraordinary Dancers, so it's wow. LXD. I love the that LXD. They open the show. That's fantastic. And he he's in it. But I got very. Do they confused. dress like a, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but as dancers? No, like they kind of had on like school uniforms, basically. Aww. But um, I got very confused because the girls behind us were like, "Oh, that's him! That's him!" And it was some Asian guy. And I was like, I, I looked at my boyfriend Mike, and I was like, "Oh, that must be Mike Chang. Like that must be Harry Shum Junior. Junior." And uh, and then like uh, they had Don't on, confuse him with his father. They had stuff on the video screens that was like introducing. That's in quotes introducing each of the the dancers, like the members of the dance troupe, and it said um. Like, 
member 309, Elliot U. And I was like, that's not his name. And I was very confused. But then I looked it up when I got home and it is him. So I guess he took a stage name for the dancing. I don't know. It was very oh. confusing. But he's a, a fantastic dancer, which we already knew. So. Right, right. That's exciting. Um, but his little segment was the most enjoyable. And that reminds me, um, I had texted Erica this, but you didn't respond to it. Um, and I'm going to say it on Harris, so but you have to. We're going to do a bonus episode where we watch the Step Up movies. Oh. <laughs> I've decided. I, I did. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know why. <laughs> it was one of those, like, I, I texted like, you, then you started calling me, so then we got, like, lost that detail, and I was yeah. afraid Erica was avoiding the fact that she's going to have to watch Step Up and no. Step Up to the streets. And then, well, we're going to have to do it when Step Up 3D comes out. When does that happen? I don't know. I've, I've never I seen didn't... any of these movies. I will probably hate them, but I just <laughs> feel like we need to watch them and talk about them. I didn't answer because be I didn't realize that was the thing that, that he's in. I was I was confused. But, um, all right, we're... Totally what, what, we're getting off track? No. Let's do feedback. Okay, let's do feedback, because we have some amazing feedback this week, uh, some of which we're actually going to save to talk about uh, once we get rolling with the episode, because some of it yeah, is very specific very, to some character yeah. stuff. Um, I'm going to start with Christian's email. Okay. Um, our question of the week last week, uh, in honor of the amazingly Joss Whedon-directed episode last week, uh, this week the question was, which writer or director would you really like to see tackle a Glee episode? Our good friend Christian, Loki315 on Twitter, uh, gave us some spectacular choices for director. He suggested Roman Polanski. For that, re- for that really special episode where a teacher has sex with a student, <laughs> naturally. Uh, for He also added Rob Zombie, because he wants to see that abortion of an episode. And one that I actually considered putting on my list, and then since he already did it, I'm like, okay. Lars von Trier, <laughs> for a super special misogynist episode. Now, just stepping away from Christians for a minute, Lars von Trier, if you've seen Dancer in the Dark... And yes, Lars Venture, I, I actually will always argue that he is not misogynist, and I, I can go on a rant about why I think Antichrist is not a misogynist movie, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Dancer in the Dark is, I think, one of the best musicals to come into a movie theater, possibly ever, but definitely of the last 20 years. And what he does with the music in that movie is fascinating, and I think he could actually direct a, a very interesting and... Um, I mean, one of the females would have to die a painful death, but still, I mean, it, it will happen. Um, ooh, maybe when Quinn has the baby. Okay, that's me thinking out loud. <laughs> and uh, Christian for writer suggested Clive Barker, because who doesn't want to see what sort of strange S&M homosexual things he writes in? I can, I can okay. get behind that. And Charlie Kaufman, that should be a head trip of an episode. But in all seriousness, I would love to see Mel Brooks write and or direct an episode. It would be awesome. Christian. It could be a very fun episode. I I I mean, again, a Mel Brooks-directed episode would be really interesting it would kind of it would i think it would kind of become like a parody of itself which could be a lot of fun yeah which i mean they do anyway you know they always have those little nods to to them being a show so i think he could you know take that further and it could be a lot of fun i would agree i don't disagree yeah all right erica whose email are you i have an email from our good friend mel yay um of what quest for the the classics.blogspot.com um and she says hey guys it's mel so i'm re-watching the gaga episode and i have many thoughts too many to write down i truly believe it's the best episode of the series to date i had one question that i wanted to hear you guys discuss after hearing beth and seeing the puck coin exchange do you think she will end up keeping the baby or will she give it up i'm starting to think we are seeing her waver a bit and i have a feeling she might change her mind smooches m 
Oh, and P.S. How amazing was the acoustic poker face? Seeing the faces of Adina, Leah, yes, we are on a first-name basis, <laughs> while they were singing and seeing how much fun they were having was one of my favorite moments in the show so far. Even if I thought it was, uh, even if I thought it was an awkward so- uh, song choice at first. Thank you, Mel. Uh, Thanks, Mel. Some very good points there. Oh, we'll, we'll get when we talked about Poker Face. But I agree. Like, once I was listening to the lyrics, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's probably <laughs> not the song I would duet with my mother on. No. Um, but And I'm not bluffing with my muffin. Exactly. What, I don't know what that means. It, it, I don't know. Do you, would you like to, us to assign someone to butter your muffin? Have you seen Mean Girls? <laughs> well, uh, a long time ago. In the, the, on Lindsay Lohan's first day, the boy comes up to her in the cafeteria and he's like, would you like your muffin buttered? And she's like, what? And he's like, would you like us to assign someone to butter your muffin? And she's like, huh? And then Rachel McAdams turns around and she's like, do you want to have sex with him? And Lizzie <laughs> Lohan's like, oh, no. And <laughs> Wow. So apparently I have the yeah. social knowledge of <laughs> a teenager who grew up in rural Africa. So, yeah. Your okay. muffin, she's not bluffing with her her JJ. I, I guess. No, I guess kind of. It's a very complicated <laughs> metaphor. My gosh. Jeez, um, All right, but uh, now, Puck Quinn, do you think Quinn will keep the baby? I, I have thoughts on that. I I definitely think she's softening, like mm. Mel said. I, I think she's almost warming up to the idea, even though Puck's mom won't let her eat bacon. But um, I don't know. I Like, I just, for like for the character's sake, I just want her to give up the baby. I can understand But that. I wouldn't mind seeing Quinn and, and Puck try and make it work because I think they could have a really great like love hate relationship and I think it would be I think um I had been worried because last first half of the season there was obviously so much pregnancy talk with Mm -hmm. you know Quinn faking it with Finn and uh uh, cunt face wife uh Terry Terry faking the pregnancy and I remember reading an interview where Ryan Murphy said oh we're downplaying the pregnancy stuff for the rest of the season and now suddenly I really want more of it because I think yeah. Quinn has become a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious. I, I want to know more about how all of this feels for her and everything else. And I agree. I think it could be a really interesting and sad story if she gives up the baby and has to kind of deal with that next year. And it would also, on the other hand, be similarly um fascinating and funny and sad and frustrating if she were to keep it and try to be a 16 year old mother in Ohio. So either way, it's a storyline that I really ended up warming up to that I didn't expect to. So, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, should we, we'll get into if we think this was one of the best episodes of the season. Um, very, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Should I read? We'll remain mysterious. We're ladies of mystery. Um, Uh yeah. Okay, um, Bjorder emails us with um, the title of his email was m- probably my favorite line of the yeah. episode. He is always sort of around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to what that meant. Bjorner, <clears throat> hello to the awesome ladies of Gleecast. Just watch the Gaga Kiss episode, and I have some thoughts on it. First off, Bert is now my favorite character. Uh, Bjorner, something I said about, I I just mentioned to Erica, what I love about Bjorner is his emails are really enthusiastic and he uses a lot of exclamation points, which I love. So I will attempt to read it with the enthusiasm he wrote it with. So first off, Bert is now my favorite character. He pulls off the series so much better than everyone else on Glee. The thunder he brought in the basement gave me goosebumps. And I guess everyone wanted a Bert in their corner after that. Who knew Mike O'Malley was this good? 
even though Finn said a wrong word, his reaction to the room was, his reaction to the room wasn't that wrong. That room looked like Sasha Gabor vomited all over it. Mm-hmm. Who's Sasha Gabor? I don't know. I just know the name. I just assume isn't it's like it, the um, slutty niece of Jaja. Oh, I don't know. Go ahead. I'll, okay, I'll we'll continue. Uh, it was really cool to see the guys step up and not only do what the chicas want, even though the performance and makeup was not that cool. I just have a problem with seeing not rock guys try to be rock. I'm elitist, I know. But Puck's version of Beth gave me a second round of goosebumps, despite the slight auto-tuning. Nice to see all the sensitive storylines seem wrapped up, and now they can concentrate on the contest. Now for the question. I want to see Quentin Tarantino direct. He has a great taste in music, and he could dig out some great songs for the cast. That's all! Keep it glee! Keep it glee cast! Bjorner. And P.S. Yes, your guest host sounded hot! <laughs> um, Lisa, you've just been called hot. Yes. Yes. For the record. Uh, I, Quentin Tarantino was also on my list. Just yeah. because I... He does you know, amazing things with music. He really does. Even though people have problems with him reappropriating things for his own, I certainly don't. Um, I did at first with Inglorious Bastards with the Cat People song, and then the second time around, it didn't bother me in the least, but that's just a quick... Um, Sasha Gabor was a Hungarian-Norwegian pornographic actor. Nice. And nice. he, not a, not a she. He, he, he. Any relation to Zsa, Zsa? I don't think so, but he okay. was a close friend of Ron Jeremy. Well, who isn't a close friend of Ron Jeremy, if you know what I'm saying? Oh, and he also worked as a Burt Reynolds and Sean Connery lookalike. Wow. Who is oh, this okay. man? He, I mean, I, I'm reading off of Wikipedia, so this could all be wrong. That's but. true. That's true. <laughs> I could have written that, for all you know. You could have. That's right. Or Bjornar could have. That, that's right, too. Um, Wow. I'm, I'm just imagining Burt Reynolds, Sean Connery, and Rod Jeremy all, like, partying <laughs> together right now, and it's kind of a great side story. Okay, uh, do you want to read the next email? Sure. Our next email is from Lisa. The hot guest the host. The hot guest host. Um, super simple question this week. I would love to see Jane Espenson write an episode, and if Jas could direct it, it would be perfection. perfection. The show would be amped up to near perfection with witty, sharp dialogue and more creative tackling of some of the more the more cliche experiences. She was a big writer on Buffy. Yes. Um, and great. She's fun to follow on Twitter, too. Oh, I don't know if I follow her on Twitter. I should. Um, she was, anybody that was on Buffy was a Jonathan fan. She wrote, like, any episode that had Jonathan in it, she wrote. Jonathan was great. Yeah, it's like Earshot, I think she wrote. Even though. And um, the Jonathan super-centric episode in season five or four. Whenever that Isn't was that five. like Superstar or something? Superstar, yeah. Yeah, one of, one of my favorites. Warren was always my favorite of the three. What? Yeah. What? You didn't know that? Oh my god! I love him. (laughs) I did. Are you kidding? (laughs) You like the guy that was like having robot sex? Yeah. And then like was like training his ex girlfriend to be like a like French maid sex slave. Yep. And then got skinned. Yeah. He was my fave. Oh, Mel. Spoilers. I'm sorry. You're creepy. We can't talk Buffy. Mel is just watching it now. Uh, Wow. Really. Mel only just started, yeah. That's crazy. I didn't. But yeah, he's that. my fave. Um, I I just remembered that we have. Um, I'm judging Erica right now. Yeah, you could all judge me on Twitter. That's fine. He was always my favorite. Um, and it's not just because he's attractive and is now dating Tara in real life, but. Amber my Benson. my favorite was always um. I, I know you had a bad experience with him in real life, but Andrew, yeah, yeah, I loved Andrew. I liked Andrew too, but yeah, that's tainted now. Um, I just remembered that Naked Ex- Eskimo left us um, feedback on the forums. Oh, so okay. I'll actually, I have that pulled up. So okay. That. He, he said, can I just leave feed- my feedback here bullet point style? So the answer from yes. now on is sure. Go to the forums and um, leave feedback. 
and he wrote negatives. They mentioned Gaga's name constantly, just like the Madonna episode. I agree with that. The episode was filled with Gaga songs that were inappropriate to the storyline, just like the Madonna episode. This, again, these are bullet points, so I'm just reading them off. Um, the story with Kurt and Finn finally coming to a head got all of 10 minutes of rush development. The vampire gag had at least two more scenes in it that they could have done, if only Gaga had done a song about vampires. <laughs> um, Rachel has been dreaming of singing a song with her mother, mother for her entire life. Her entire life. She picks Poker Face? Seriously? <laughs> That's a really good point. I think she just had the sheet music out for it. Yeah. Um, Kiss fit the theme. They are way better songs than that turd. There are way better songs than that turd. Um, I feel like the scene with Kurt and Finn was going somewhere, and Bert interrupted it. Maybe mm. that was the point, but I don't think Finn's comments were as hateful as they sounded. I believe he was working up to making some sort of point, but maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Finn just seems like Finn just seems like the hateful type. Wow, I don't agree with that I at totally all. I totally don't agree with that. I, just the last sentence. I mean, the rest of it, I, I can There's see There's a lot of good points there. Yeah, yeah but... But that last sentence, Finn just seems like a hateful type. I, oh, God. We'll, we'll get to Finn, because yeah, I think that's a, uh, I say that's a huge part of this episode, but yeah. Um, and his last negative point is the costumes looked awful. Quinn's eyelashes completely <gasps> destroyed the performance of Beth. Oh, no way! Again, I, I love totally that she was crying through those nine-inch <laughs> long eyelashes. Um, and then his positives. Bad romance was amazing, simply amazing. I agree. The kiss makeup looked good. Kurt and Finn are almost on the same page now. We already have two more seasons, so I know Fox isn't doing this crap as some kind of last-ditch effort to salvage the show. That's right. Um, quick side note, Glee was renewed yep. through season three, which is which really is exciting awesome. for a new show. Um, that was all his positives. And then he says, seriously, every episode since Glee has, re- <clears throat> has returned has had corporate handprints all over it. Mm. Fox is going to commercialize the show out of the audience because... Sorry, I'm I can't read right now. Fox is going to commercialize this show out of an out of an audience because it thinks it can make a dime selling cast recordings of pop hits. They need, and I mean need, to get back to picking songs that fit the story they are going they are trying to tell. I'm sure no one expected Glee to succeed, and the creators probably had free reign for those first 13 episodes. Now it's big, and Fox is going to run it right into the ground. For the record, I love Lady Gaga. I would have been happy if Bad Romance was just a song they performed instead of turning it into a Lady Gaga episode. Okay, that's some good points. I I really hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, but I I can see that it is Glee is getting bigger. Um, it is getting it's a show that has a great demographic that advertisers want. Uh, but from what I understand, when they go after these songs, you know, they pay the artists a flat rate. It's nobody gets more money than anyone else. Right. Um. I don't know how much sweetening of the pot they have to do for some of these artists. I don't think they have to. And I think it's getting to the point, like American Idol got to, where um, artists now want to have their songs mm-hmm. sung and reinterpreted and everything else because it's opening up totally new audiences Like Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I guess we can only wait and see, but cross our fingers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fox is obviously notorious for... for for ruining things, <coughs> Firefly. But um, at the same time, <laughs> um, as you know, Family Guy, we can all be hard on. Fa- oh, f f. I I won't. I shouldn't say anything about Family Guy because I'll get murdered tomorrow. The fact that I don't like the show. But anyway, I know. Um, but, this, but you know what though? Look at how much free reign The Simpsons has had over the years. The Simpsons how, makes more fun of Fox than any show on television. But how long has it been that? It, 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 the Simpsons has been on too long. I might get murdered now. 
It stopped being funny so I long disagree. ago. Have you watched this season? No, because That's I can't stand it anymore. I'm sick of it. No, you know this, what? They've come back to it. This is, it was actually a very strong season of The Simpsons. It's been on for the majority of my life. Oh, I, remember, I remember when we weren't allowed to wear our underachiever proud of a t-shirt. I remember being five and not being allowed to watch The Simpsons, <laughs> and I'm 27. So it's been on the majority of my life, and that's enough. I'm done with it. Like, you don't want any There's one thing for too long. There's still juices coming out of the show. And, I mean, I think people have been really hard on it the past few years, and it's gone up and down, but... Like, this past season, there were no episodes that, you know, changed the world the way, like, the John Waters episode did, for example. But um, there were a lot... I, I caught most of the episodes this year, and they were genuinely funny. I, I think it's, it's still making people laugh. It's still there. It's, you know, probably getting cheaper to produce in a lot of ways for them. So, hey, keep it going until... Uh, they're not peeing on my childhood right now by, <laughs> by making new ones. No, I just feel like Fox has its priorities skewed they you know they they're constantly ca- canceling things again firefly that should be on <laughs> yeah i mean all, all the networks uh that's why this is a, a quick sidestep but i was just talking about this as far as tv goes and i realized now that lost is over I keep saying, like, I don't ever want to start a new show anymore until it's about two seasons in. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not about... I know that happened with... um, There were a few shows on ABC that I... Like, Happy Town. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch this. I decided very smartly. I'm like, well, let me wait to hear what people say and if it's lasting. And it was canceled after, I think, three or or two episodes. And I don't want to do that with shows anymore. I don't want to, you know, go into shows that then just either crash or get yanked. And that's why I'm now, like, you know, now I'm excited to start, like, Mad Men and Breaking Bad shows that I've been avoiding right. just because I knew it was an investment. Which and are both can. fabulous shows. You need to watch True Blood, too. That's the other one that's been on, that's on my, my short list now, now that I have more time in my schedule. Uh, now that, you know, all the shows are going off for a while anyway. Right. But, um, oh, we should okay. answer our question. So, of the week? our question. Um, um, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah. I wrote mind. down... Um, I'm, I, I only wrote down two writers because I think both of them could also direct the episode and do really well with it since I, I always think writers should kind of, if they have the skill set, they should direct their mm-hmm. own material because I just, I, I just think things turn out better that way because they, they have more attachment to the material. But um, the first one I wrote down was Alan Ball. He oh, is yeah. the writer creator of Six Feet Under, which I love, yeah. and, um, and True Blood, and he also wrote American Beauty. And I just think... Um, I think that there's definitely dark undertones to Glee mm-hmm. that I, that sometimes yeah. get forgotten, forgotten, forgotten. Oh my God, I'm really <laughs> exhausted. I'm everything. Um, that sometimes get you know pushed aside or forgotten, and um, I think, I, you know, they haven't had like one overly serious episode. There's always been lightheartedness to every mm-hmm. episode, and I I think they could use one really serious episode, and I think he could do amazing things with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on Six Feet Under alone. And I forgot, too, with Six Feet Under, how many musical moments yeah. there were in that show. Uh, like I don't... David vacuuming. David vacuuming. That's the one well, that every, sticks I mean, out again, in you my could, head. You have Michael C. Hall and Lauren Ambrose, who are both very good musical performers. Right. Both of them, like, musically or operatically trained. You should be using them constantly. Mm-hmm. And I forget how... Mu- every time that happened on the show, you wanted more of it. Yeah. And they would just tease you with it. But And, um... Yeah, Lauren Ambrose singing about her wearing her pantyhose. Oh, God, that's one of my favorite moments. That's great. Um, And the other person I wrote down should come as no surprise if you know me. Well, maybe it will a little bit, but um, I wrote Tina Fey. 
Oh, yeah. Because you know what? She did Mean Girls, and she did a great job with it. Yeah. And I feel like Glee is also very akin to Mean Girls. Like, it, it has the... We haven't seen them a lot this half of the season, but the beginning of the season with Quinn and Santana and Brittany, right, we right. had a lot of that, and I think she could do really fun things with that, too. Yeah, I could see that. I like that. So those are my choices. Yeah. Any for director? Well, I, I think they could both direct their both own direct. episodes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't um, come up with any standalone directors, because all the directors that I really, really like are, like, super weird, dark. Like, I love... David Fincher, but I don't think he should be attached to Glee. <laughs> It'd be awesome if he was. I, I don't think I don't think the the Glee kids starting their own Fight Club would go over that well. Oh, but Puck has a Fight Club. <laughs> yes, he, he already has one. Now we again side episode, sideways episode. Um, okay, I have a few. Uh, one that I forgot until just now, but um, I'm going to attempt to say his French name. I have two French directors on here. What's wrong with me? Jean Pierre Jeunet, uh, the guy who did Amelie and oh. a very long engagement. Just because he, oh, you never seen a very long engagement. No, I. It's one of probably my one of my favorite romance films, and it's it's a the romance is really only part of it, but it's a gorgeous movie that I think I actually like much more than Amelie. Um, but he has very he's very playful, but also really. But both Amelie and a very long engagement have really dark undertones, mm. also. And I don't think he sacrifices character for these, like, really cute and fun images. And I think, you know, Glee in his hands could be, it could be a really intriguing hour of TV. Um, um, along with that, uh, Michelle Gondry, who did Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind. Yeah. Uh, just that same, he's got a real sense of whimsy yeah. that I think could go really well with Glee. Um, plus, he's, uh, I didn't really like Be Kind Rewind. I think... Most people I know oh, kind of like... I like it a lot. I wanted to really like it. And I think the things I liked about that are exactly what he could do really well with Glee. This mm-hmm. sense of like really good people and really nice characters, uh, you know, like in like with like living out their dreams. Mm-hmm. I think it would, I think it would work. Um, the other ones, I just have three that are proven theatrical or musical directors that I would be curious what they could do. Julie Taymor. I mean, granted, it would end up being more, like, she would have been perfect to direct the Gaga episode, because mm-hmm. it just would have been visually insane. Yeah. Uh, Sam Mendes, who directed American Beauty and directed, you know, many things on Broadway, including Cabaret, the uh, Alan, ba- Alan, Alan Cumming uh, Cabaret. I love Alan Cumming. Yeah. Oh, he should totally guest on Glee. Yeah, he needs to. Oh, my God. He And they could give him such a great character to play. Uh, yeah, definitely. So Sam Mendes, uh, even though I did not like Revolutionary Road, but still. Um, and the last one would be, I forgot to actually look up his name to make sure I say it right. Alan Parker, Alan Parker, the guy who did Bugsy Malone and Evita and Fame, uh, kind of the, the go-to director for big musicals. And he, I think the last one he did was Evita, but very much known for these, he's just probably the best most proven director of Parker. musicals, Alan Parker. Alan Parker. Um, and he, I think he's a little less maybe directorially innovative than some of these other guys, but he really knows what to do with a musical. Mm-hmm. And he's done some really neat things. If uh, Bugsy Malone was one that I just saw recently, but it's little kids as gangsters. I and love that movie. You love I, it? I've, you know what? For the longest time, I'd be like, what was that movie with mm-hmm. the little kids as gangsters? And I never knew the name of it. And you just said that. And I was like, oh, oh it was that's it. Alone. Yeah, <laughs> I like, yeah, I love it. Love it. I used to watch it all the time as a kid. I never watched it as a kid. I wish I had. It's I a movie watch, that would have been great as a kid. <laughs> I used but. to watch that and Dick Tracy. 
Like the Madonna There's, Dick yeah, Tracy. Yeah, they have a similar a feeling similar feel, to yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. So Warren Beatty, he can also direct an yeah, episode of sure. Glee. Why not? Okay. <laughs> um, we should take a quick break and come back with a Glee cap, right? Yeah. Um, during this break, I guess you will hear my segment with Ooh. Michael covering Glee Live on stage wow. at Radio City Musical. So. I won't be there, so have fun, everybody. Here it is. I have to play host. It's a little weird. I'm not used to it. But this is Erica and her boyfriend, Mike. Say hi. Hey, guys. What's going on? You are adorable. And uh, this past uh, Saturday, the 29th, we actually managed to get tickets to go see the Glee live show at Radio City Music Hall. We're glitterati. I feel like Lady Gaga. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about now. Um, to start off with, I thought we would talk a little bit about the audience, because it was a very bizarre mix of people. Do you agree? I definitely agree. Um, to talk a little bit louder than that. (laughs) I definitely agree. (laughs) That's much better. Um, so yeah, sitting next to us, like on either side of us, there were like 13-year-old girls, one set of 13-year-old girls with their mom. And then, like, in front of us, there was there was another couple, like, our age, in their 20s. And then there was a whole bunch of random... Dudes that didn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the, the really gay Jason Mraz-looking guy sitting two rows in front of us. And then there were, like, older parents with, like, younger kids, much younger kids. Like, shouldn't be there. Yeah. Like, the show is on at 9 o'clock at night for a reason, shouldn't be there. Agreed. Um... Yeah, it was just a really strange mix of people, and um, I attempted to go to the bathroom before we sat down to the show, and that was a big mistake, because the line to the ladies' room was about 150 women deep. Clearly, I was amped to be a guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we, um, our seats were up in the second mezzanine, and before the show on the, um, there's two screens on either side of the stage, which if you're my Facebook friend, you could see a picture of the stage. And um, on the screens, it was really cute. They were showing little um, quotes from the show and then pictures. So that was fun to read for a little while before the show started. And then there was actually an opening act, which I wasn't expecting. Were you aware that there was an opening act? Was I aware? Yeah. No, there wasn't. But I was definitely excited like because I felt like it was a great segue. Yeah, so the opening act was the LXD. The League of Extraordinary Dances. <laughs> and... Um, there was this really random intro video, which I was kind of confused because, I, like I said, I wasn't aware there was an opening act. So I was like, "What is, are they showing trailers before the, uh, before the Glee show? I was very confused by it. But um, so the opening video segued and uh, there was like a whole opening dance routine. And then it actually broke off and they introduced each member, indivi- like a, a little video. And then each member of the League of Extraordinary Dancers got like their own, their own mini video prefaced by the league of extraordinary dances (laughs) um and it actually turned out that emily's favorite mike chang is a member of the league of extraordinary that's her favorite yeah (laughs) she has a huge crush on him you weren't aware i was not aware you haven't been listening sweet moves (laughs) i haven't been listening i'm at fault for that (laughs) um so yeah harry shum jr but i was i was also very confused by this because when the video came up 
there, there were two girls behind us, and they were like, this is him, this is him. And I got all excited because I was like, oh, it's Mike Chang. But I couldn't, I mean, I could just tell it was some Asian kid from where I was sitting. We were so far away. And then the intro video came on, and it said, introducing Elliot Yu. And I was like, who the hell is that? I was like, that's not Harry Shum Jr. I know his name. Like, So it was very confusing. I guess he has a stage name for that. I, I haven't looked much further Wait, into it. Was that the shoes one? Yeah. His dance was really fun. He His video was that he finds a pair of shoes, a pair of sneakers in the wall, and then on the stage he does this whole dance where you can imagine the music's changing and he has to dance in different styles because the shoes are making him dance. The shoes are very reminiscent of Back to the Future. They were. They were really They were like big, silver like, Nikes. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, so his dance was really fun. And, um, yeah, that was the opening act. And then... The how, there was, like, a brief intermission. That The opening act was probably, like, half an hour, I'd say. Yeah, that's about right. Um, and then there was a brief intermission where something very exciting happened. Do you want to t- say what happened? Um, so we are just kind of hanging out, and, like, people started approaching the front of the balcony, and we're like, what the heck's going on? And then there was a bunch of Cheerios walking around. Of course, in, down in the orchestra where yeah, we were Which were impossible sitting. to get, because I tried, like, every single show... For my life to get them. <laughs> and what were the Cheerios handing out? They were passing out barf bags, but they were from Sue Sylvester, which was amazing. <laughs> they were pretty great. They we got to see them up close later, and they actually said like Sue's barf bag. Yeah, and they were unattainable to us. Yeah, we could not get one. We tried to bribe some kids after the show, but they would not take our bribes. Um, so that was really cute. And then um, the show basically opened with an on-screen pre-recorded intro from... It starts off with Sue, and that's when you find out what the Cheerios are handing out. I actually signed on to Twitter and searched Glee, and someone had tweeted that that's what they were handed out, handing out, so that's why I knew before the show. But you actually find out during the opening, um, like the opening intro video that they're handing out barf bags from Sue, and, you know, she tells you the kids are awful, they're terrible, and you're going to need a barf bag. And then basically reminds everyone that they paid too much to go to the show, and they probably paid far more than face value. Yes. <laughs> which was pretty great. Um, and then Will also comes on screen. Sue to shoe. <laughs> yes. And um, basically tells Sh- Sue to shut up, and, uh, and let's get on with the show. And the kids come out, and they open with... Don't Stop Believing, which I thought they would close with. Yeah, I, was, with I thought so too. Erica called it. I was Well, I was like, maybe they'll open with Don't Stop Believing, but then I was like, no, I think they'll close with it. So, um, yeah, they were in uh, very, all the costumes, costuming was very reminiscent of the show. So when they did Don't Stop Believing, if you remember when they first did it on the show, they were all in red t-shirts and blue jeans. And for this performance, they were in like really fancy 80s-style red shiny jackets. Yeah. Because they had their blue shirts on underneath, which made me call it that in a song or two, they were going to do Push It, which was also a lot of fun. And um, But in between the two of those, they actually did My Life Would Suck Without You. And the whole whole opening thing was really fun because, you know, the Don't Stop Believing and Push It were originally only done by the core six members. It was just... Kurt, Finn, Rachel, Tina, Mercedes, and Artie. But they actually found a way to bring out all the other members and incorporate them um, into those numbers. So that was a lot of fun. Um, And then we have 
another uh, Will Schuster video up on the screen, but it actually involves Brittany. Brittany comes out um, out on the front of the stage, and she has a little conversation with Sue. I mean, with Shu. That's very confusing, Sue and yeah, Shu. Yeah, sorry. That was my fault. <laughs> and, and, um... Uh, I actually, I'm obviously recording this after I recorded the episode with Emily, so I actually talk a little bit about what she says um, later on in the episode. But there's one really cute thing where she's um, she's talking about the... She's like, you know those guys who are moving stuff around on stage? They're called stagehands. I made out with all of them. And it's really... It's silly and fun, and, um... Brittany was great. She was awesome. She had all her little one-liners. It was kind of, like, one of the highlights of the show for me, actually, and I yeah. definitely didn't have that anticipation, or I didn't put that weight on her character for for me to expect that from her in the, in the live performance. Um, so, Shu basically says, we have to keep... You guys are doing great. That was a great opening performance, and now... The, the Glee Club is only as strong as its weakest member, so everybody work on solos, and that's their assignment for the week, and then we get about nine solo numbers. <laughs> um, it kicks off, obviously, with Rachel doing because he, Shu says, what does he say? He says, Rachel, I assume you want to go first? And she's like, yes, Mr. Shu, and she, uh, she comes out from the back of the orchestra a la her sectionals performance and performs Don't Rain on My Parade. Wearing her, the same attire. Yep. And uh, and then she marches her band out and all the Glee members walk through the audience, with, which I thought was very brave of them based on the, the audience type. Um, I was afraid for their lives. I thought they were going to get mauled. But um, from there, we move into Mercedes singing Beautiful, which was kind of boring. But yeah. Amber Riley has an incredible voice. So it was it was enjoyable to hear her sing it live, but it, it wasn't anything amazing. I, f- I don't feel like she was necessarily like warmed up either vocally. Like I I feel like she improved as the show went on. And she she actually had a lot to do. It was pretty it was pretty interesting. I feel like she was heavily featured during the uh, solo section, which you'll hear as we we move on. Um, from beautiful, we had my fave Puck come out and sing Sweet Caroline. And um, actually, was it? I think it was during this song that we had Finn playing the drums, Corey Monheath playing the drums. Yep. And uh, the whole the whole Glee Club came out for that, and um, and you know sang along. They put the words up on the screen, and Puck encouraged the audience to sing along. Circuit third grade sing along videos with yep. like the bouncing ball. Yep, and they incorporated the um, bum 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 and the so good so good in between. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, and this is where they kind of pick up a storyline that's really cute, because um, from Sweet Caroline, we move into Mercedes and Santana singing The Boy Is Mine and fighting over Puck, which, I, I don't know, it was it was fun to hear them sing it live, because there's, there's a lot of harmonizing and mixing and stuff that goes on in it. I agree, I just hate that song, I think that's why I'm <laughs> <laughs> judgmental towards it. I, I don't hate the song, I thought... I thought it was a lot of fun, and it made me like Santana a lot more than I have in the past. Um, and then from there, we move into Mercedes and Santana and Puck all doing together Lady is a Tramp, 
which was also a lot of fun because during this we actually got um in addition to the, to the core glee club members and mike and matt who who are i i consider them core glee club members i think they're moving them, on up they are they got lines they're certainly moving yeah. up um there there were actually maybe like six additional dancers to kind of fill out fill out the stage when when it was like a really big dance number so during ladies a tramp we actually had four sets of uh four sets of couples doing swing dancing and one of the couples was actually Brittany and mike chang which Brittany was, was amazing yeah Brittany's an absolutely incredible dancer and it was a lot of fun to see her during the live show because you know you're forced to sort of work with the cuts during the tv show but at, on the live at the live show you could just watch her dance and she's really great if britney starts getting more lines she might actually be a triple threat <laughs> she's gonna be an egot winner <laughs> um so then from ladies of tramp we get kurt and rachel doing defying gravity which was wonderful to hear live yeah kurt's amazing like he's my favorite character but even that aside, I feel like his vocal capacity live was definitely impressive. Yeah, the two of them together was was amazing. I mean, I definitely like had chills the entire song, and it was a very simple stage setup. They there was just like a couple of screens behind them, and they just had bubbles on it, bubbles that were defying gravity, if you will. And uh, it was really great. Um, and then from there, we kind of continue the the storyline. <laughs> Because we get um, Kurt and Rachel walk off stage holding hands, and Mercedes comes on, and a la her first part of the season one crush on Kurt, she sings, I bust your windows out your car. Um, and then this was probably my favorite part of the show. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely great. <laughs> they pull out the, what was what car? Kurt's, Kurt's Cadillac Escalade. Yeah, they pull out the Escalade. From Bert. And uh, and all the Cheerios are there in their car wash bikini tops and cheerleading skirts and knee socks and high heels. And they perform the entire number just like they did yeah, on the show. Yeah, it was spot on. Like, it was really, really great. All the dance moves were there. And again, we got more Britney, which I was very excited about. And uh, and Mercedes, Amber Riley just was great. She had, You could tell she was having fun with it. Um, at one point, she actually disappears behind the car, gets inside, comes out the sunroof, and slides down the front of the car onto the stage. And I was just nervous she was going to fall the whole time. But she did it. I definitely felt like the the Buster Windows performance definitely outshined the um, boy's mind. Yeah. That she did, so. I agree. But that's one of my favorite songs now, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Buster Windows, they performed Bad Romance in full Gaga Yeah, they gaga it out heavily, which is great. And who we, doesn't love Gaga? We actually had an extra person in this one. Oh, Mike, Mike Chang was <laughs> was random red guy. <laughs> yeah, he was in the uh, the red outfit that it was kind of... He was it, like the Slim Jim guy. That's what it looked like. <laughs> it, did. it was the red Chantilly lace costume that, that uh, Vocal Adrenaline wears. <laughs> and uh, he got to dance it out in the middle. And this was kind of Tina's time to do a solo, which I, I thought was fun. I actually She actually sounded a lot better than she does on the show. She sounded pretty decent live. Um, I thought Santana was awesome Santana during Bad Romance. Santana was amazing like, during Bad Romance. Yeah, I definitely, Santana and Brittany definitely gain my respect as characters, and I feel like they have to grow those characters in the next season. Yeah. 
they need they need more more to do with them. Just because they're they're extremely talented. And yeah, more talented than than I really thought. Because they they haven't really gotten a chance to show that. I mean, I don't think Britney was hired for her singing, but she also hasn't been like a featured dancer on the show. Yeah, especially because I mean, the, it's not just singing. I mean, there's so much performance. So I feel like there's definitely opportunity for them to to make Britney a more relevant character. Yeah. Um, and then, these are probably my three favorite songs all in a row. (laughs) Next, we had Artie come out in his wheelchair. He was in the wheelchair the whole time. And he did Dancing With Myself, which everyone who has listened to the show before knows it's my absolute favorite number. It's my favorite episode when he sings it. And it was just as great, as great live as it was on the show. I really want to do the safety dance, but that didn't happen. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it it was really fun, and um, I always forget this actor's name, which makes me feel really bad. I can't remember his name, but he had he got like mad respect for me because um, he was in that wheelchair the entire time, rolling himself around for like an hour and a half, and that's hard work. I was impressed with him. Artemis's character. Artemis. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't remember his name. It's gonna drive me nuts. He knew it the other day. I know I knew it the other day. No disrespect to you, Artie. We love you, Artie. Crap. I could think of his Twitter name, but that's not his real name. What is it? It's like Druid Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, More importantly, he threw metal when he, they introduced his character in the beginning of the show. <laughs> oh, we totally <laughs> forgot that part. When they first all come out, they each get like a close-up on the screen, and they kind of do something characteristic of their character. Not all of them, though. Only like... Really? It yeah. wasn't all of them? The other ones were kind of introduced... Like, they were just, my characters that, like, because remember when Quinn came out and, like, she just got, like, extensive applause, but, it like, when the show first opened, it was Artie, and then it was the Kurt. <laughs> that was my point, is that Kurt got his big close-up on the screen and he did his signature hair swoop. Oh, clutch. It's clutch. It was, like, perfect timing. It was awesome. Um... But yeah, Dancing With Myself, and towards the end of Dancing With Myself, they actually sort of returned to the original part, to like the original arrangement of the song a little bit, and rocked it out a little bit. Um, I believe Finn came out and sang with him a little bit, which leads us into mashups. Because once they finish rocking it out with Dancing With Myself, they move into the boys' It's My Life mashup with Confessions. Which was fun to watch. Yeah, it was. It's a crab pleaser. Yeah. I mean, you know, Bon Jovi's from the Dirty, so... Exactly. When did they make us stand up? Was it during that? No, it was during Dancing With Myself. Oh. I remember I was like, I think everyone's standing because Artie Artie cannot. (laughs) 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 True. Um, Yeah, and so when they're done with It's My Life and Confessions, obviously they do Halo and Walking on Sunshine. Walking on Sunshine, so good. (laughs) Although, I feel like the guys' mashup was far superior to the girls'. I think quality wise. Yeah, no, I think the song selection is better than the girls. I mean, not that walking on, but I think walking on sunshine could have been mashed up with something better. But that's going back to a problem with the show, not yeah. a problem with the live show. But um, so after we get their two mashups, the kids get a break, and Will and Sue come back on, and Sue is obviously disgusted with everything she's seen. She's seen so far, and uh, she tells Will to. Let her show him how it's done. And Sue brings out vocal, vocal adrenaline. adrenaline. 
which was a total surprise. I really didn't expect it. Um, but they came out and did their two signature numbers, Rehab and Mercy. Sans Jesse, for the record. Yeah, no Jesse. Jonathan Groff is a busy, busy man. The busiest. <laughs> but, um, so they performed those two numbers. I mean, they weren't singing or anything. It was to a recorded track. So it was mostly about the dancing, but it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like, you know, we've gathered that from Vocal Adrenaline that they're, they're very much performers more yep. than anything. And they, they perform their butts off. I agree. Um, so after... At, at this point, we don't get any more Will and Sue for the rest of the show. They're, we're kind of done with their little intro videos. Um, so to set up for the next number and sort of give the kids a little bit of a break, uh, Brittany comes back out. She's in her pajamas. And um, she... Talks a little bit. I forget what she talks. Well, the curtains are closed. Yeah, the curtains are closed, and she's just out in front, and she's kind of chatting with the crowd. Um, you know, she makes a few ditzy one-liners. She says, "I love you." Yes, she in Britney fashion. Even though I can't count. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she actually confesses to us that she's in love with Kurt. Yeah, she even brings up their date. Yeah, which is pretty awesome because. Makes it super relevant. Yep, they they were very good about about throwing back to the actual show and and keeping things in continuity with the show, and sticking to canon. I couldn't think of the word for a second. Then she uh, mentions Kurt's soft hands. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Kurt actually comes out, and he is wearing a beautiful lady cape <laughs> and a giant top hat with a peacock feather. Yeah. Uh, which Brittany tells him that he looks like a lady peacock. And he says, actually, Brittany, <laughs> he's like the males are the much fancier peacocks because they try to woo the female peacocks. <laughs> um, and they have a, a very cute exchange. And eventually Kurt has to run off the stage because Brittany is basically trying to come on to him. And um, from there, the curtains open. And, of course, there's mattresses all over the stage, and we get Jump. Which was great. Yeah, it I was mean, awesome. It's <laughs> such a good episode. Um, I was really pretty impressed that they, they managed to work this number in and work it in with the giant mattresses, um, essentially giant trampolines, because I felt like insurance would be sky high to do something like that. But I guess, I, w I mean, it was hard to pay very close attention because everybody was all over the place, but I don't think any of the main... Glee Clubbers were really on the trampolines. Brittany was on the Brittany left was. one for most of the performance. But the other guy was like random blonde guy. Yeah. There, he was one of the random other dancers. Um, so they did that. And then they moved into a mashup of Faithfully and Any Way You Want It. Which I don't believe we've heard yet on the show. I believe it's a regionals number for them. So this was kind of this this section after the the Brit Kurt and Brittany exchange was kind of their big like regionals performance like everything's leading up to this, um, and then we actually got a very special surprise after faithfully in any way you want it. Uh, Rachel came out and said hello to everybody, said how she couldn't believe she was in New York and two years ago. Her, oh, she also said that her best friend was there today, and two years ago, they they never thought they would be standing on the stage at Radio City today, and then she introduced Jesse, a.k.a. Jonathan Groff. 
and he came out and they sang hello together. So I believe that was a very special surprise for just the New York shows because Jonathan Groff, he's a, he's, you know, he's a Broadway performer. He apparently, he, you know, he lives in New York. Um, cause I had to, obviously I didn't remember all this from the live show. So I had to look up a playlist and it was not on the original playlist. So I'm pretty sure that was just us. I don't think Jonathan Groff was anywhere else. Um, there's not that much to say about it. It's a slow song. They just yeah, sang it, it in good. front of the curtain. It was fun to see them together. I agree. And then... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just... You know, it's, just, it's kind of like a... It's a good song, but it's just... It is what it is. Yeah. Um, from there, the curtains open. And they... The, on the screens is all stained glass. Which means, obviously, we're going to sing Like a Prayer. Complete with a choir. It was of great. Random dancers. Of random dancers. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually singing. Maybe some of them. I don't know. <laughs> but at least there was a choir. Yeah, yeah. They let the choir. They represented sing. that. Yeah. For and, the Madonna uh, fans. Yeah, it was a really fun number. We got to hear Kurt sing that really high part live, which was awesome. And uh, from there, they moved into their big closer, which was. You want to tell them? It was Queen. It was Queen, somebody to love. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I always really, really impressed with the entire show and um, the way they they tied it into the television show. And I don't know. I just had a ball. I was like, I like couldn't keep myself from taking pictures. I was like, I really just want to sit back and enjoy the show. But I was like, this is awesome. I want to get my camera out. (laughs) I want to take pictures. I felt like I was like 13 and at a concert again. It was so much fun. It was definitely like a high energy show, and I could understand why you were like that. <laughs> what were you like? I mean, <laughs> touching upon the fact that that I brought up earlier that there was just guys that didn't want to be there. Like, I mean, I loved the show, and I really enjoyed being there, and had a great time. So, it's unfortunate that there were seats occupied by people that by didn't people want to be there. Be there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with it if they ever sort of tour again because i feel like it was a lot of work with them i know they had um i know they had a lot of trouble when they started to put the show together and they realized that some of the kids can't actually sing <laughs> um it's true i.e cory money <laughs> the worst <Finn. laughs> his he, he wasn't heavily featured um clearly because and he definitely definitely sounded like he was being run through something I went, the casting call probably read like, hey, sexy guy to be <laughs> lead hunk. Singing? Not necessary. The name of the show is Glee. That might yeah. have been something they wanted to explore a little more. And um, I think we, uh, well, I know I've mentioned it on the show before, or Lisa's mentioned it on the show before, that he actually auditioned with drumming, which is kind of a, a bizarre way to, to audition for a singing show. But um, the live show definitely just proved that, that Mark Sailing, a.k.a. Noah Puckerman, definitely has a, a much better... P- live voice than uh than finn does which is kind of unfortunate that he doesn't get to perform that much on the show and that's why he wooed quinn yes it is oh that was one thing that there was almost zero quinn during the entire live show yeah she was there and i actually had this one really weird thought because i like throughout the show i was thinking about it and i was like (laughs) wow, they're not using Quinn very much. Like, she has no solos, nothing. And I was like, oh, it must be because she's pregnant. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, idiot, Erica. She's not pregnant in real life. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, that was me being silly. 
But um, overall, it was a great time. This is already running way longer than I thought it would. I I guess I didn't expect to talk about it for this long. Um, but so I uh, hope let's... it's entertained you at least. But yeah. I think I would give Glee Live four and a half gold stars. <laughs> out of how many gold stars? Five out of five. Out of five. Um, I agree. I had a ball. It was awesome. I would go see it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, me too. I I definitely feel like in the future they'll be a little more prepared with what people are going to do in a live performance. Um, and maybe their their vocal capacity will grow at that juncture. Did you have um, any low points? Um, and there were some songs I wanted to see. Unfortunately, they, they played some songs before the show started. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like knew what wasn't going to be played. But... I'm trying to think if there's any songs that I would have really liked them to play other than the safety dance. <laughs> I know you really you really were heartbroken that they didn't do Run, Joey, Run. No, in fact, I said, I hope they don't play Run, Joey, Run <laughs> like five times. I got really excited when Jonathan Groff came out and I smacked him and I was like, they could do Run, Joey, Run now. And I was like, no, <laughs> please not they that. They did not do. I wish they, might, they did more Gaga. Well, the only other Gaga was Poker Face. Yeah, but... And Idina Menzel was not present. And Rachel didn't for. say, my mom made it for me when they asked her about her outfit. <laughs> yeah, she did come out in the mom-made Gaga outfit. Although not I kind of wish she was wearing the stuffed animal outfit. That would have been epic. Um, yeah, I think my only, my only kind of low note was that they didn't do anything with Quinn. I think it would have been really cute if she'd come out and done Papa Don't Preach or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Unless if she can't really pull it off live. It's possible. I don't know. Because she's pregnant. Know. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to put any any uh, extra pressure on, on no the pregnancy. No stress on the pivot. Yeah. <laughs> um, what other songs would you have really liked to have seen? I'm trying to think. Um, I really would. I really wish like they did Gold Digger, but obviously she yeah, was she not wasn't there. there. And Bust a Move, same thing. You know what I realized? We forgot in the. Um, they they perform True Colors also, which I forgot to type into my outline I was fo- following. Um, I guess one song I really like that they do that they didn't do was uh, the Lily Allen song, Smile. Yeah, I love Lily Allen. I, I, I really like their rendition of that song, so I would have liked to have seen that. Um, other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's, I mean, I feel like all the songs that I would have wanted to see involve shoe so yeah that kind of makes like it difficult. poison yeah i mean of course <laughs> which they didn't even release as a single which kills me yeah there should have been some hammer or or sue sylvester voguing they could have just played the vogue video but we and like we've kurt all seen vogue? that already kurt could have vogued and mercedes i would have liked a mercedes and kurt cheerio number that would have been fun yeah but i feel like i don't know where that's going though like an actual show well, neither like, of them are Cheerios Yeah, anymore. that's what I'm saying, so... But it could have been fun to have, you know... I mean, we had the Cheerio... We didn't have any Cheerios except for... Except for Bust Your Windows. So it would have been fun to have a Cheerio number, I think. If Sue would have been like, let me show you how it's really done and had a Cheerio number and then Vocal Adrenaline. I think that could have... But, I mean, vocals are kind of not going to be part of Cheerios anymore. I know, but that's why we would have had it... You want them to just, it. like, dance and do... Yeah. Aerials and crap? That's all that Vocal Adrenaline did was dance and pretend to sing. Yeah, but like they're <laughs> like a vocal group that didn't sing at this show in particular. No, I but yeah, I know I would have liked a Cheerio performance. I think I would have liked Jesse's Girl. That's what I wanted yes. to. Yeah, Jess- but again, <laughs> that would involve Finn, Finn singing. singing. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so what was your favorite part of the show? My favorite part of the show? This is really hard, actually. Um, what's my favorite part of the show? What did I talk about initially, right away? Uh, I don't know. I think we both really liked Bust Your Windows. Yeah, because we kept singing it over <laughs> well, we, and over again. We, we went out for dinner afterwards and just sat there and sang Bust Your Windows to each other. <laughs> uh, True. Um, what else were we singing? We were also singing Bust a Move, but they didn't sing that. <laughs> Uh, that, yeah, that was definitely my highlight, was Bust Your Windows. It was so much fun. So much fun. I think I liked, like, the interactive Britney parts. Those were definitely a highlight. I think it was just great to experience that, because her one-liners kill me, and probably everyone else that listens to this. Yeah, everyone loves Britney. They're essential to the show. She became a very fast fan favorite. Yeah, because she says the best things ever. Did you know that dolphins are just gay sharks? Can you even feel your feet? <laughs> That's like one of the only ones I memorize, so I, I can't even respond with another one. I think my cat's been reading my diary. <laughs> Great. I took all my antibiotics this morning, and I can't remember how to leave. That one was abbreviated, though. I can't remember the whole middle part. But, um, yeah, that's all the ones I have memorized. <laughs> I was curious if Kurt was going to do pink houses and throw a little melon camp in there. But... Oh, there was no Kurt single ladies. Oh, they, yeah. And during Finn Bastard was like, Kurt's they... going to do single ladies. And I was like, yeah. And then he didn't do it. And I was like. After they finished Don't Stop Believing, you know, they kind of addressed the crowd. And, and Finn is like, I have three words. Kurt does single ladies. And everybody got really excited. And then they went into. Which isn't three words. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> but he did say. <laughs> but he did, he did say, say it. Three yeah, words. yeah, yeah. Um, so they go into My Life Would Suck Without You, and during the musical part at the end, Kurt and I believe Brittany and Tina maybe come up to the front of the stage, and they do the dance, but it's not to the song. Yeah. And then after that, we actually have Brittany and Santana and Quinn come up, and this is the only time Quinn is featured, and they do their dance that they... That they um, they tried out for for Glee with, which was it was say a little prayer for you, right? I believe so. I believe so. Either that or keep um, keep me holding on, but I think it was say a little prayer. The dance they do that cute little dance. Um, so yeah, no single ladies, no pink houses. Yeah, I definitely feel like Kurt should have. I'm so partial though. You are very partial, but he could have had a little bit but more. But he was to great. Do. Like he's really good live he, performer. Yeah, he was so a fantastic like live performer. He should. They gave ample ample spotlight to Mercedes. They should have a little more Kurt, like Kurt's way. Yeah, I definitely felt like Mercedes was favored. I Even over Rachel, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, Lee and Michelle definitely had a lot to do, but I felt like there was a very... Like, that, that solo section, Mercedes was heavily... It didn't really correlate with the show, like, because she has so much spotlight on the show. Mm-hmm. But overall, very enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, four and a half gold stars. All right, so um, I guess we'll stop. Yeah. Gleeing over it now. Thanks for having me as a guest. No problem. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And we're back. We're back after Erica told me how terrible the Sex in the City movie was, which yeah. I imagined was was I, I imagined it was even worse than what you've actually said. But it it was. It, uh, I don't even want to talk about okay. it. I'm just going to direct uh, fans to go read Roger Ebert's review of it, which is pretty hilarious and fun. 
Uh, okay, so episode 20, Theatricality, here is the Glee Cap. <clears throat> a little sleuthing leads Rachel to suspect vocal adrenaline will be using some theatricality at regionals in the form of an all-out Lady Gaga performance. Eager to spy, uh, research, a few of the ladies sneak into rehearsal where Shelby Corcoran teaches a lesson on, you know, theatricality, with a stirring rendition of Funny Girl. Rachel immediately senses Shelby's true identity and reveals herself to a surprisingly less than enthusiastic Shelby, who suddenly realizes being a mom to a 16-year-old isn't something she's really prepared for. They later share a stirring, bittersweet duet and agree that although Shelby is Rachel's mother, she'll probably never be her mom. And they shouldn't force a Dorothy-Sophia or Baby June-Mama Rose relationship just yet. Back at New Directions, Tina goes through a mini-identity crisis when Principal Figgins bans her from dressing goth, in order, of course, to suppress the rash of vampire incidents plaguing McKinley High. Will assigns the Glee Club to go gaga for the week, leading our favorite Jew-Asian to tap into her flashier side, along with the rest of the girls and Kurt, who announces to an unhappy Finn that they'll be roommates when Finn and Mom move into the Hummel house. Life is difficult enough with the jock bullies already threatening our drummer for dressing offensively and now shacking up with Lima's only gay teen. But when Kurt redecorates his basement in a Moroccan style, it's the last straw. Finn lashes out and angrily declares the new interior, quote-unquote, faggy, prompting our hero, Mike O'Malley, to defend his son's right to be himself and angrily chide Finn for his ignorance and cruelty. Finn sees the error of his way, and later, with the help of the Gaga slash Kiss boys, who have uh, now dressed as Kiss, uh, New Directions defends their right to simply be weird. Tina finds her inner, what do you know, theatricality, to convince Figgins that her undead clan will be very angry if she's not allowed to sport some unfortunate black lipstick. Also, Puck sings a song to Quinn about naming their daughter Beth, and asks to be where, there when she's born. Through six-inch-long eyelashes, Quinn sobbingly accepts, and we all cry. I think that's everything that happened on Glee. On Glee, Glee. Um, what do you want to start with? Um, I guess let's actually save Kurt and Finn. Let's yeah, start with Puck and Quinn because that was quick. Okay. Uh, I mean, we touched on it before. Yep. I disagree about the eyelashes. I I think it was kind of endearing and sweet. It that was she had adorable. Those ridiculous. It was that on. like typical like they're dressed insanely and ridiculously but i still took the moment very seriously exactly which i loved i I really did love that um so you know puck basically said i i you know i i want to be there when you have this baby i know that you're you're probably giving her up but just let me be a part of her life i want to meet her yeah and i i i really love this happening in the same episode as uh rachel and her mom right because it it is now i like that they've kind of shifted the parallels Earlier in the season, it was Will and uh, Finn Finn. having these parallels of wife, girlfriend, having a baby, but not really. Um, And now it's kind of shifted over to this Quinpuck mirroring uh, what happened with Rachel's mother. And I I liked it. I thought it was really well done. I did, too. Um, Tina Figgins. We'll we'll go to the the two quick stories first. Yeah. (laughs) You must have loved this. this. I loved it, too. I thought it was silly and adorable, and I love I love Matthew Morrison's interaction with Tina during. It was really cute. It was very like, like teacher I th- student. I th- yeah, I think he thinks that vampires are real. And yeah, he's like, I, think I think so too. too. Like it was so adorable. It was really adorable, and um, I I like Figgins because they've they've dropped these little Christian bombs on Figgins. Yeah. That Figgins is obviously very Christian. Yeah. And I really like that he's also somebody who believes in fears of vampires. Yeah, why I not? think it's great. Just why not? Um, 
one problem I had with all the all the AV girls, the the old maids club is basically who the vampire girls were attacking Jacob, the um the newspaper boy. Right. What they okay? So the main girl, I forget her name, the really big girl the, who right. gets Malamars and is the AV club. AD, the yeah. AV club. Um, she has on a Team Edward shirt, and we could see they're all wearing Team Edward or Jacob shirts. And the one girl who's wearing a Team Jacob shirt is dressed as a vampire, and that's just wrong. Oh my god! Jacob is a werewolf, not a vampire. Actually, he's a shapeshifter, not a werewolf. He's a shapeshifter who shapes who shifts into Are you a wolf. This people. But if you're gonna, I know Twilight sucks. I know it's <laughs> shitty. I'm I'm not delusional. But, but aren't, if you're gonna parody it. Because didn't right. didn't you say that you're like you're a fan of um, the literary Edward, but, but not, not the, the movie Edward. theatrical Edward? Correct. So maybe could it have been that? Could that girl have had your taste and like liked the underage um, uh, topless boy, but not liked him <laughs> in the book? Topless boy. <laughs> That's pretty much what I know him as. Taylor Laudner. Sure. Um, but you can't you can't mix like that. I could you can't wear a team Jacob shirt and be a vampire. It's, the vampires and the wolves they do not let they now. don't get along. They don't get along. It's not okay. I know Lisa's agreeing with me. So I somewhere have, out there in the world, someone has is, my back. Fist pumping to Erica. <laughs> All right, so should we move on me. to Shelby and Rachel? Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, now I think some people had a problem with like. Uh, no, actually, something we talked about last week was why did she wait 16 years? Right. And now we know. Yes. She saw her at regionals. I completely understand. Oh, and I, I totally bought that. Because, I mean, statements. we watched that and we saw it, Don't Rain on My Parade. And I think just like the way when Rachel heard Shelby sing and saw her, Rachel knew this is my mother. I think it must. And I'm sure Shelby probably knew sure her last name. Tabs, she knew it. Yeah. Kept tabs. But I'm sure it was the same, like, watching she, you know, her daughter do... She saw you know. her, and she saw herself. Exactly. And, by the way, saw Leah Michelle perform that live, and it's, like, ten hundred times oh, God, more chilling imagine. than it was yeah. on, on television. It was crazy. Yeah. She's... And this episode... She's so talented. She was amazing in this episode. Yeah. I think, like, we'll, when we get to Poker Face, we'll say it, but I, I, I fell in love with Leah Michelle and Poker Face. Yeah. And I, the other moment that I loved was... Um, just when Shelby is singing Funny Girl and Rachel, like, walking up to her, the look in her face was, again, just chilling. Yeah. And I think, you know, she's really proven herself in this episode. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's that much more to go into about them until we talk about the actual songs. You're right, because the songs are such so, a big part of what happens. Let's tackle the, uh, the okay. elephant in the room. So, Curtain Finn. Now, we had saved, actually... Uh, feedback because there were two emails that were um, we have Ashley and Sean's emails uh, go a lot of deep detail into this relationship and so we wanted to kind of save these for this and kind of jump off of that Um, do you want to start with uh, Sean's email and I'll read Ashley's okay so Sean from horrorcommentary.com great horror website he says Hello to the magical unicorns of amazingness. I'm Erica and Emily. Oh my god, we're magical unicorns. We are. Please review the following and see if you agree with me. 
And if not, it's cool because you are cool. And just, I forgot to say, his uh, the subject of his email was an open letter to Glee. <laughs> so he says, Dear Glee, oh, how you frustrate me so. Here we are, just come back from the two from two of the most amazing episodes that the series has ever had, one directed by the film and TV god known only now as Whedon, and you give me yet another episode where Kurt is trying to seduce Finn. Oh, how I tire of this storyline. Sympathy for Kurt is becoming more and more hard to come by with you having him react this way. Please, for the love of all that is good in the world, make Kurt finally realize that Finn is not gay and never will be gay and have him stop acting so psychotic. I really, really, really want to like Kurt, but you're doing your best to see that it doesn't happen. Please help me help you. Focus more on people we don't know anything about, like Tina, Santana, Brittany, Matt, and yes, Mike Chang. And please stop developing whole storylines around music artists. To me, it distracts from the writing and stops the series' momentum. And one last thing, half storylines mean something to the overall arc of the show. Mercedes and Kurt join the Cheerios. I'm thinking that it would I'm thinking that it would play out into the season finale, but it really went nowhere. The biggest crime is that for the entire second half of the season, we want to see Rachel and her mother together, but to have it just die at the end of this episode, yeah, I was wrong and don't want to be mom right now. Please let <laughs> That was, I should have said that with a question mark. In quotes, yeah, I was wrong, and I don't want to be a mom right now. Please let this play out in the series finale. And finally, well, in the season finale, we're not ending the whole series. Right. <laughs> don't not, do that. Not, at least for another don't few make years. Us um, and finally, always include Sue Sylvester in every <laughs> Sue Sylvester in every episode, even if it's just for a brief one-liner. Glee, I love you, but I'm afraid that you will ultimately break my heart, like my last lo- hour-long love heroes. I'm still hurting. I'm still healing from that deep wound. Please say it ain't so. Love, Sean. P.S. This Figgin stuff is getting ridiculous. Is he not the worst high school principal you've ever seen? I was half expecting Shaggy to pop out and say zoinks. <laughs> Aw, I mean, come on. Mr. Belding wasn't much better. Yeah, he wasn't at all. Uh, I loved him. So, yeah, obviously we like the Figgin stuff. Cause yeah. It's, it's just funny. It's just silly fun. Like, it's silly fun, and it, it works. And, yeah, it's totally a ploy to to give birth or drive whatever, like, little plot thing they need, but it's working for me, because it's still keeping him consistent. Right. Like, he's still Christian, he's still everything. So far, I believe him. And maybe he's not a great high school principal, but... But, I mean, a lot of high school principals aren't great, Ohio. and it is purely whoever gets into that position yeah. and takes it over and everything else. Um, uh, it's funny, he says about Heroes. Heroes is the prime example of a show I considered watching, and then heard such bad things about, and... You know, it was just, really good the first season. That's what I heard. I don't know what happened yeah. to it. Um, all right, so why don't we first talk about the the second part of his email about Mercedes and Kurt and Cheerios? I could see that point. I didn't like Mercedes leaving Cheerios the way she did. It was very sudden, and it was was a little bit of oh, that's it. I I don't know. I got I believed it for her character mm-hmm. because she had you know she had the arc in that episode where. She is really popular, but then she sees what popularity right, brings, kind of and you know she she'd rather be mm-hmm. herself. Who, yeah, because we knew she was comfortable with herself from the beginning, and like I I bought that. I didn't have a problem with the with mm-hmm. the way that played out. Did I want more Mercedes and Kurt Cheerios performances? Yes, sure. But it's it's only an hour long show. Yeah, um, the Sue Sylvester, of course. I always want her in yeah. every episode. It didn't bother me that she wasn't in this episode because there was so much else going on. Yeah, and it it. Yeah, she could have been used the way in this kind of episode they used Figgins to probably do what Sue could have done. Um, I didn't have a problem with it just because it, it was a really busy episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the, w- it would have been fun to see her make fun of the kids, but we already had the football jocks making fun of the kids' outfits, so right, I don't right. think Which, we needed Sue doing yeah. it. And we'll get we'll get to it, that. It was it would have come from a very different place. Absolutely, absolutely. The uh, Shelby Rachel sudden plot thread. 
I suppose it was quick. It was essentially a two-episode arc. But I think of it. still, again, found it believable based on their characters and based on what we know about them. You know, I, Absolutely. I can't imagine... First of all, I can't imagine ever being pregnant and actually giving birth to a child and then not keeping it because I don't ever want to be pregnant. So I can't <laughs> imagine going through that and then having nothing to show for it. But that's just my own issues. But I can't, like, should that happen, I can't imagine, like, like giving birth and then all of a sudden having a 16-year-old. Like, 16-year-old right. girls are, like, neurotic messes. And, like, it's just not something you could just jump into, especially because, you're like she said with the water thing, you already have this pre-established thing. And right. it would be so hard to, even even if Rachel wanted to reach out to her, it would just be so hard to... And Rachel did, you know, the... The the adorable little outfit yeah. thing where, you know, Rachel's never My had a mom. Can't sew. Right. And that is totally what I would have worn, by the way. If it was like, <laughs> yeah, dress like something from Lady Gaga, I would have taken all my stuffed animals and stapled them yeah. to me. And that would have been my outfit. I didn't think hers looked that bad, but whatever. That's, again, tells you something about me. The, again, yes, it was quick, but it, it was fitting. And I liked yeah. that they didn't over sugar it. Mm-hmm. It was purely, this is, you know, yeah, this is what Shelby thought she wanted. Oh, geez, this is a lot more to handle than she ever expected. And it's not like they ended it where they're like, oh, let's not talk to each other ever again. Let's not do this. It was just, and part of its convenience, too. Adina mm-hmm. Menzel's not a cast member. She right. has other stuff to do, I'm sure. So it's it's there, and it, it gave Rachel a lot. And we'll see the next few weeks where that goes. We, don't, we have no idea how it affected her and Jesse yet. Right. Uh, I'm guessing that will be next week. But But I think it also, I mean, obviously it's something Rachel's wanted her whole life. So I think it was a little bit of closure for her. Right. And I think. It was a big growing up moment, I think, for her. Yeah. And now on to Finn Kurt, which is the reason why we saved this email for now. So now Sean felt this episode was still Kurt trying to seduce Finn. Which I totally disagree with. Mm -hmm. I think it was, I don't. Kurt has a crush on Finn. Yes. There's no getting around that. Right. Everyone has had a crush on someone who hasn't felt the same way about them. Yeah. Straight, gay, bisexual, homosexual, what, whatever they are. I just said gay twice by saying homosexual again, but I, I we established I'm exhausted today. But everyone's had a crush on someone who doesn't feel the same way, and that doesn't stop you from, from crushing on that person. And, and some people are much more outward about it. Some people are, some people, you know, because I, I know out there, some people who have crushes never tell anyone they have the crush, right. and nobody ever knows. Other people, it, and you think, again, especially in high school, where yeah. everybody knew that so-and-so liked so-and-so, and that he didn't care, but yep. everybody could see it, and everybody, and you always had that. You had the geeky boy who was in love with the, you know, the popular, the popular girl, and everybody girl. knew it. I.e. Jacob and Rachel. No one's complaining about Jacob, right. the newspaper yeah, guy, true. pursuing Rachel. He's pursued Rachel right. nonstop. He's asked for her underwear. Yeah. yeah, and everybody knows this. And Kurt's just trying to welcome Finn into his home and make him In feel comfortable. In the way he knows how to, yeah. which is, I'll redecorate so that y'all like it. And yep. obviously, yeah, he redecorates... Not in any way that a 16-year-old boy... But that's one thing that I wrote down that I found really interesting, is that as much as Finn doesn't understand Kurt, because Finn is straight and Kurt is gay, and and Finn just doesn't can't grasp that and doesn't understand that, which I think is acceptable for him, Kurt also doesn't understand Finn. Right. He Kurt only knows what he knows, and he... he, he he, there's ways that he understands his father's mm-hmm. perspective, but he doesn't understand another, you know, 17-year-old He can't walk boys. in those shoes. Right. He can, he can, 
And I think that was yeah. made really apparent in this episode that yeah, as much as as much as Finn hates what Kurt does, Kurt also doesn't understand that what he's doing is offending Kurt. Right, and I is think offending Finn. a prime example of that is when uh, Finn's taking off his makeup. Mm-hmm. And Kurt, and you know, Kurt says to him... It's just a moist It's a moist uh, But even when, um, when Kurt says to him, like, oh, st- you're being such a boy. Yeah. And, you know, it was, like, it was a really cute line, and it was something that... It makes so much sense from Kurt to say that, like, mm-hmm. oh, come on, get over it. Like, you yeah. need to moisture... Like, Kurt has a moisturizing regime that yep. he does at night. Uh, and for Finn, this is something that, I mean, Finn is a 16 year old boy and even, you know, men my age, I know who, as soon as you sort of say anything that, you know, I I mean, I, I work with men in a warehouse a lot and they, you know, you mention anything like this and it's just like, yo, what are you talking about? Like there's, there are in, in some places there are lines of gender that you do not cross. Mm -hmm. And we see that with the jocks. Yep. The jocks come in and they see, and now I don't know how people felt about this thread. When I was in middle school, I was, you know, we were like, kind of freaky. We <laughs> would, I would wear like different colored socks rolled up with skirts and sparkly shoes. I, you know, I, <laughs> I was so fashionable <laughs> and, you know, a lot of my friends were, would wear like all black and, you know, their tool t-shirts and everything else. And yes, there was uh, such defined lines of the kid who had his locker next to me, who was, you know, more of um, like, I don't know what to call him now, what to call them then, like the hip hop kid, <laughs> was offended by the way I dressed and by the mm-hmm. way my friends dressed. And would, like, if you walked by, be like, oh, look at the, you know, f- f- stupid freaks, what are they dressing like that for? They did get angry about it. Mm-hmm. And. It's totally. It was totally believable to me that you know the two quarterbacks or linebackers, I guess, because they were very big, would look at Finn and be genuinely disgusted yeah. by what he was doing, especially in small town Ohio. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, who Finn had the line where he was like, "We're not in New York. We're not in San Francisco. You know, we're we're in Ohio. Like, mm-hmm. it's not acceptable there. Right, right. Which is sad. Yeah, but again, I think. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I... Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I have um, let me go into Ashley's email, because yeah, okay. Ashley kind of talks the other side. So, Sean from HorrorCommentary.com, um, we, we do love you, and I, I think you make some very interesting points. I don't necessarily agree with them. Right. For, for, for my... my Yeah. Um, now, Ashley's email, which was labeled theatricality or something or other... Hi, ladies. I hope it's not too late for me to reply. I urgently debated whether I would or not, considering I did not catch the first airing simply because I'm not gaga for gaga. And I just viewed it now, conveniently, lazy Friday morning. I wasn't sure if I'd make the deadline or be able to express my feelings in an insightful manner. Don't worry, she does. Uh, also, side note, we have a we don't have a steady recording schedule just because Eric and I live, you know, like an hour, like an away, hour away and uh, have weird schedules. So it's really never too late. Just always yeah, send it. If we don't get it, it now, we'll get it next week. Overall, this season has felt like a self-help lesson for all high school-aged youth, and I say that with love. What I really am enjoying about it all is that its complexity is not simply subtextual and blatantly challenges our own prejudice biases across the how-I'd-identify spectrum. Curtin Finn's blow-ups during this episode had me completely torn. Is it me, or do we as an audience look to take sides when an argument between two characters commence? Finn's anger was built from his mother dating Kurt's father, but also due to his epiphany that Kurt does not have does have non-platonic feelings for him. 
Both situations make him extremely uncomfortable, and I can completely understand why. He's one of the millions of people who hates change. Like me. And I'm sorry Kurt and his father felt that Finn is so different of the other dudes bro out there, heterosexual ones, who aren't jumping for joy if another guy who's gay identified is crushing on them. Finn's that all-American teenage jock who's under the same amount, albeit different, pressure every other teenager is, only exacerbated by the peer pressure from his teammates who've ostracized and associated him with something he is not. I expected Finn to use the dreaded F-word. It was a long time in the making, and clearly out of the emotions he had for he had for the whole, saying it more so to declare himself to Kurt to make it plain that this is something that he is not. I'm not completely sold on Finn directly calling Kurt a fag, but I am glad he recognized that it was wrong, and he hurt not only Kurt, but his father as well. A few highlights. I'm glad they brought the humor in with the principal's uh, irrationale about dress code and citing Tina as a problem of vampiric proportions. Then she turned it around to her advantage and continued to rock her style. I didn't think I would like the Gaga business, or maybe it was their rendition, but I loved that bad romance homage. I guess I'm not so old after all. The kiss tribute was my squee moment of the week. Although you can't really squee to kiss, more so just make your boobs available for whoever is in Gene Simmons' <laughs> role to sign. And Matt and Mark had a line. Matt and... Oh, she said Mark. Oh my God, Ashley. It's Mike. Oh, Ashley. Matt and Mike Chang had lines. <laughs> Hooray. I know. She said hooray. Oh, hurrah. I just said (laughs) hooray because I still like to use it from now on after NPH. I know I'm leaving out Rachel and Adina, but this email is already too long. Loving the cast. Ashley from buriedinabookcrypt.blogspot.com. So Ashley brings up some good points. Did you think we were supposed to take sides? Uh, I don't know because I I didn't. I didn't either. I was like, they're... They both have really valid points. Like they're both they're both right in that situation. They're they're both right in what they in how they can react. Essentially, yeah. There was no other there was no other reaction for Finn to take. There was no other reaction that Finn would take that I would have believed. Right. Because if, yeah, Finn at, had been more angry. It would have just kind of made him seem too jerky. Right. If he had been too passive, it would have been like, oh, God, Finn is just a big marshmallow. Yeah. And I, I loved that. Um, I, I think he, um, I forget his name all the time. Corey Monheath. Corey Monheath really came, had a great episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in the little moments, I actually loved when he was in the office with Will and was like, we just, we don't like doing what the girls always want yeah. to do. It was just really cute. And it, it made me believe he was a high school boy yep. this episode. And, um, yeah, I I bought that he's, as he says, I don't want to feel this way in my own house. Yep. And even that scene where he's saying this, he starts off like, y- you can see he's he's pissed off. He's looking around realizing, oh my God, I'm going to have to come home every day and sleep here. Mm-hmm. And it's coming from this exacerbation. Not It wasn't, at first it doesn't start as anger. It starts as just, oh, why don't you just, get it? Yeah, frustration. Yeah. And of course, on Kurt's point of view, Kurt... You know, Kurt cut school to redecorate in a way that he thought would fit Finn. Um, it was very sweet. It, it was, was really it was, sweet. It was just so misguided. Yeah. Kurt is really coming from the heart. Like, he's really trying. He's, you know, he doesn't want to make him uncomfortable. He knows he makes right. him uncomfortable, I think. I mean, I, he, he put a privacy partition yeah. in there. 
Which I don't. Did you by any chance listen to the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema I didn't. this week? Okay. Um, those who don't listen, GGTMC podcast is a great one of my favorite, absolute favorite podcasts. But they reviewed Street Fighter, uh, which I love the movie Street Fighter, as everybody else should. And they went on about um, the scene where M. Bison is trying to seduce Chun Li. And he has a privacy partition in his room. And it's just the most ridiculous thing, because what man has a privacy partition? <laughs> and obviously we know, as Kurt. Kurt would say, no, no men have privacy partitions. But Finn does. I'm sorry. Kurt, Kurt does. does. Finn doesn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I thought, and obviously Mike O'Malley was, I think yeah. everybody in the world wants Mike he O'Malley to be their dad and from I, now on. It, he, like... I do feel that he overreacted, but I felt like it was a very dad reaction. Right. Like, I've seen my dad overreact <laughs> to more things than I can count, and but it's it was coming from, it was coming out of love. It was coming Absolutely. from a good place, from an, uh, from good, in, it was coming from good intentions. And, I mean, Bert has had to deal with a lot in the past year, I guess, as far as, you know, coming to terms with his son being different. And Bert trying to figure out what that means for him as a dad, mm-hmm. what he's supposed to do. And then falling in love with someone and right. having that woman's son treat his son in, in theory in, su- in such a disrespectful manner, even though I, I don't think Finn meant it. Finn didn't mean it um, the way, yeah. Finn, I think, was ignorant and yeah. not mean, I would say. I would say also. And I think, uh, I mean, he never calls Kurt no, a fag. He calls I don't think he ever pillow would. Faggy. He calls the pillow faggy. He and calls the throw. The throw something. and the partition probably the, faggy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think Kurt would ever, a Finn would ever look at Kurt and say that to no. him. No. However, I don't believe that it is. Character. And it was like, I mean, it, it, it was dialogue that the second time around, because the first time watching it, I was just like blown away by mm-hmm. that scene. The second time, I was listening to the dialogue, and it was the kind of thing where, in a different actor's mouth, it would have come off as so written. Because he's, I mean, what Bert's saying is something that, I mean, it might not be the most natural thing for somebody to say. I was, you know, I grew up saying the same thing you did, and I, you know, would you ever call the girl on Cheerios? Would you ever use this would word? Do you, you ever use the N word? Yeah. And it was, it was a little bit written. It was a little bit a writer trying to kind of throw this out of the audience and make you think about it. But it came across so believable and so and really powerful. I agree. I loved it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm and then, of course, the wind-up to that is, oh, I was also really impressed with Kurt standing up to the football guys. Because he does stand up yeah. to them. He does hold his own against them. And I kind of didn't expect that from Kurt. Because, you know, in the beginning of the season, all we see is Kurt right. getting he just thrown says, in the like, dumpster. Oh, please, can I take off my Mark Jacobs Let me take off my Mark Jacobs, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I was super impressed with him saying, you know... You can do whatever you want. And he's crying as he says it, like... It's it's a real it's another really powerful scene that started off funny because I thought the first thing with the jocks was really funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't be late for your appointment at super. You don't need an appointment. <laughs> they love walk-ins. I, I <laughs> can't tell you how much I love that line, um, and it's true. I went to supercuts once and I didn't need an appointment. No, I'm sorry. I needed a trim. That's all I needed. Uh, I thought Erica was judging me for <laughs> no. I wasn't cuts. judging you. I was looking at my notes. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but that second scene was. Again, it was, like, kind of set up as the funny, like, oh, now they're going to beat him up. But Kurt's talking through tears, saying, like, you can do whatever you want, but I'm not going to change. Yeah. And, again, it me. could have come across as so, like, I know who I am. But it was 
really, really touching. Yeah. And even the scene after, it was a little cheesy. It's, you know, oh, it was super Finn cheesy, coming in like I a superhero it. in a red shower curtain. And the whole Glee Club there, you know, kind of and all then, like backing and him up. And then Will Schuster's slow clap. Oh, God. Well, I guess you guys made the lesson this week. It was very Saved by the Bell. It was so Saved by the Bell. <laughs> but, but it was great. I and loved it. felt it. earned. And, I mean, the whole episode was up and down emotionally. And it, it was nice to have these, like, cute moments in there. I think this, to me, was, like, um, kind of the epitome of the sort of, like, serious, sad, dark, light, playful, really dramatic combination that I want Glee to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when this episode ended, I think I texted you, like, I did not want this episode to end. Yeah, like, I, I just wanted it to keep going. And so, obviously, I loved this episode. I've, you I know, I'm, it, it's funny, that, and I thought everybody did, uh, but I have talked to a lot of people that really didn't like this episode. Which I was surprised about in the feedback. Um, the one thing I want, who said... I'm trying to find it in the feedback that it's it's slowly becoming. Was it? Um, um these not Saved by the Bell moments, but uh, blah, 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 blah. that's becoming like a, a guidebook for the youth of America. Who said uh, that? I think it was that Ashley who kind of points out in the beginning that it's uh oh oh um blah, 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 blah. Uh, overall the season of like a self help lesson for right. all high school and youth, but. That you know, that's what the shows that I grew up on were. That's what Say by the Bell was. That's what Boy Meets World was. Like they had all these very warm, fuzzy, teachy moments at the end. Mm-hmm. So that's like what I at, gravitate towards. Hmm. Like it, I feel like it's built into me as I sit here in my Bayside Tiger sweatshirt. She does. Like, it's really cute that's, too. It, that it, it's cut off in eighty style. It's great. Um, there's a picture of it on Twitter if you follow me. Um, but but Erica's name. Even though. Even though it does feel like that, I'm okay with it because that's, I love that. Like, And I think it's, it, you know, it has a really interesting fan base because mm-hmm. you have... Oh, you want to talk you, I mean, you know because you went to the show. That I'm sure the there's a thousand and one 16-year-old girls that were standing outside Radio Musical, right? That was right? the oddest collection of people I've ever seen. There were like 10, 9 and 10-year-olds with their parents, which first of all... Who? What nine and ten year old is watching Glee? Like, I think it's a little. It's on at nine. It's on nine at night for a reason. Yeah, on Fox. Like, I think it's a little bit over your head to be watching that. And even during the show, there were some some jokes. Like, there there was a lot of. I'm sure we. You probably already heard this in my segment because I'm sure I'm going to bring it up then. Because by the way, this episode officially marks my girl crush on Brittany with the lobster oh, thing. Oh, okay. I announced it on Facebook. If anyone's my Facebook friend, but um, I'll tell Emily now. They they did a lot a lot with they used Brittany really well during the show. Okay. Um, and they had her come out at points during you know um, set changes and stuff like that and talk to the audience and be very Brittany. And, um, one of the, one of the things she comes out and says, which I thought was very risque for, for having, you know, kids with their parents in the audience. But then, and there were also, you know, people my age, there were, um, a lot of couples my age, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in their twenties, early thirties. Um, and then a lot of teenage girls, which, you know, teenagers (laughs) are certainly welcome to watch the show, but just, I was very surprised by the, the riskiness of the joke where Brittany came out and she said, you know, all those guys moving the stuff on the stage, they're called stage hands. I've made out with all of them. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, I was like, that's like kind of crazy to like say to kids. With their well, I mean, parents, she's going for a perfect record. I know. And it's stuff like that, that I don't think that they have such a, in a wide fan base, but I don't think some of the fans belong there. Well, it's, I mean, maybe it's comparable to Buffy. Because Buffy started out and probably pulled most of its audience in the beginning from high school. 
Mm -hmm. It was a high school show. It was about, you know, an episode about cheerleading and an episode, you know, there was the, the crush and the drama and friendship. And of course, anybody, even if you're not a fan of Buffy, you can look at the audience for it and say, oh, wow, they have some of the smartest people you'll ever know are huge Buffy fans and have written books about it. And it ended up with a, a broad spectrum of teenagers and adults and, you know, middle-aged and, and, and up. And I feel like that's kind of with Glee that the cosmetics of it are geared to a young audience. You have Lady Gaga, you have mm -hmm. songs, you have cute, really attractive high school people in it. But then the Sue Sylvester stuff and a lot of the jokes are aimed at a much smarter yeah. and older audience. And I think if they keep that mix going, they'll be okay. And I think we've seen some episodes where they're catering more to one than the other. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, maybe it comes from who's writing it and who's directing it and everything else. And also, if you've seen Nip Tuck, like, Ryan Murphy is not someone you want your children watching. <laughs> like, if I heard, oh, Ryan Murphy is doing a show about a high school glee club, I wouldn't immediately, I'd be like, I have to watch it first. I wouldn't immediately let my eight-year-old watch it. Like, right. Like, I don't know. It just... It, I don't even think I'm they, parent, they plug it there now that... I mean, they, they, maybe they did in the beginning, but I don't know that they ever will say from the creator, creator of Nip, Nip Tuck. Because, <laughs> again, it's, it's going for a different audience, then. All right. Should um, we go into the songs, Yeah, then? let's run through the songs in a slightly faster manner than okay, we usually yeah, we're, because we're, we're, we're starting to run low on time, and I have to go to my grandma's house, so... Okay, <laughs> so Funny Girl was the first one. Yep. Um, what do you think? I thought it was a great performance. It, you know, it showcased Idina, did it... it I don't know that it added that much to the storyline, except well, to, it did to because it was Rachel's Rachel, discovery yeah. of oh my god, she's singing Streisand. That's exactly yeah. what I would do, and oh my god, that's my mother. And I like that um, Adina kind of announces it as this is what theatricality is. It's and coming it is. from within, and that totally was that song for her. Mm -hmm. It was you know you can do it with a little smile here and a little head turn here. You don't need to be dressed in a red shower curtain right. to do it. Uh, the next song. Was bad romance. Bad romance, which was amazing. Which was pretty amazing. So amazing. I more and more with every episode. I mean, clearly, I already love Brittany, but more and more, I fall in love with Santana. Ah, yeah. And I mean, she looked smoking. She was so. She hot. probably had the hottest outfit. So hot and and doing all. You know, she did a lot of runs during it and all the the want your revenge and want mm -hmm. your bad romance and she was just amazing during. Yeah, it. I'd agree. And um. Britney, it, it also showed that Britney is such an amazing dancer, which is mm -hmm. another thing that the live show showed. Right. I think Britney, I don't think Britney was hired for singing. She was hired for dancing. I think she was well, hired I think for we, dancing. We learned last week she was a Beyonce backup dancer oh, right, for right, a while. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she's just an incredible dancer. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, during the live show, you get to watch whoever you want to watch. You're not forced to watch certain people. Right. And I found myself watching her a lot, of, like finding her by her blonde ponytail and then watching her a lot okay. of the time because she was just so much fun to watch. And I think... Uh, the She's one like the part, Mike Chang of the girls, you might yeah, say. The one part, in, and actually her and Mike Chang danced during <gasps> The Lady is a Tramp. Oh my god. It was great. They swung dance during the Oh my god, that's adorable. Swing dance. Um, but I love. I just love the part where they're all kind of like on the ground and banging the ground mm -hmm. during Bad Romance. And she's like she's squatting. Just yeah. She's squatting and stamping her foot in heels, which any of our guy listeners try doing that i'm sure our female his listeners understand where i'm coming i can't from. walk in heels but so. that's an incredibly hard to squat and raise your leg while mm -hmm. you're in heels just i was like blown away by her mm -hmm. who was who had your favorite outfit um my favorite outfit was Brittany for sure with the lobster on okay. her head i don't know who mine was i liked twins because it hit the baby bump 
which makes me think that like, oh, that would be really flattering to wear. Uh, the next song was The Kiss. Shout it. <laughs> the Kiss. The Kiss. <laughs> the Kiss by Rodan. By Kiss. Um, now, it was so much fun. It was adorable. It was just really, I, mean, I love the, I mean, it was really funny to see a kid in a wheelchair dressed like yeah, Kiss. Yeah, because his Sorry, knees were was. like up around his neck. Yeah, and, and he was wearing his glasses. Anytime we can put Puck in spandex, please do. Right, right. <laughs> because that was beautiful. It was just a really, I don't know, it was just like, there was so much energy to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, and, fire. And did you see Puck's star? Was the star David? Oh my god! I didn't know that. That's pretty fabulous. <laughs> That's pretty fabulous. Uh, I'm, I'm. I mean, I like Kiss music. I hate Gene Simmons with a passion. He's just such a douche. Uh, if a great side story, anybody listen to NPR? Is it Terry Gross's interview with him? It's the funniest uh, radio you'll ever hear, next to the Tracy Morgan interview. Um, and we, but, you know, it's also very important because oh my god, we heard them speak. They spoke. We heard Mike, and Mike Chang spoke. speak. Mike Chang had a line. Which was, we did our research, Mr. Shu. Which was really cute. with a lot of conviction. Because you could tell, like, he was like, oh my god, I got it, I got it. Here comes, here comes, and deliver. And I bet he was like, (laughs) he probably rehearsed it so many different ways. And then they were like, okay, Mike, that's good. And Mike's like, wait, I can do it it with an accent. I can do it with a French accent. I can do it. Wait, you've never heard Mike Chang speak. Maybe Mike Chang speaks uh, with a Norwegian accent. And they were like, no, no, Mike, that's good. Okay, Matt, you're lying. (laughs) And it was great to hear them speak. Yeah. That's all. Um, I also, my, Matt's line was also really funny because it was, I'm dressed as the guy who replaced Artie. Right. It was great. Yeah. Um, next was Beth, which we talked about before. Yeah, but I have a, I have one problem with this song. I don't know if you, you should know this song. Uh, did you know this song before? I only know this song from Role Models. Oh, that's it? (laughs) Are you sure? No, you're not thinking Role Models. You're thinking of a different song. No, he sings Beth at the end of her. He her name it? is Beth. Oh, you're right. Wow, I know, I know I'm right. <laughs> um, but the music is played in another movie by the same people who did Role Models. What is, uh, what's a movie with a great character named Beth? Beth. I oh, need some lube. Wet Hot American Summer. My pussy. Yes, Wet Hot American <laughs> Summer. When um, Janine Garofalo is kissing David Hyde Pierce, this music is played because it's her name, character's name is Beth. And as I was listening to this song, I'm like, I know this. Oh, my God. This is a song from Wet Hot American Summer. See, and I, it kind of took me out of it just because anybody who knows us knows I've seen Wet Hot American Summer almost as many times as the dead. And, um, I so didn't identify it with that. I, I only knew the song Beth from, um, from Role, Role Models. Models. But did, did you like this? Uh, set? I mean, I'm sure you did because it was Puck. Yeah, of course I did. And it was, it was just sweet and simple. And you know I like the simple songs sometimes. I think um, Puck does, I uh, forget his name, does a really... Mark Sailing. Yeah, Mark Sailing I... does a good job with these sort of like, just sit, he, <laughs> sitting down singing. Mm-hmm. He sells it well. But he also dances really well because, really? you know what, I, I well, during Ladies of Tramp we saw him dance. Yeah, we did see him do a little, little footwork. And it's, it's just sad to me because he has a much, much better performing, performing voice than... Corey Monheath. And it makes me sad. Uh, yeah. And it was Corey especially like especially noticeable during the live show because you could tell Corey Monheath's voice was definitely being run through something. Yeah. Whereas Puck got to perform, Mark Sailing got to perform two entire songs and he was amazing for both of them. Right, right. Interesting. Okay, so then last was Poker Face. Mama, my, my, my poker face. Who, who my, sings my that? Poker face. Is that- 
don't know who sings it. Who sings it? Is it Lady Gaga? <laughs> Lady Gaga. I assume it was Lady Gaga. Just because that was... Are you, are you Lady... being serious? I thought you were no, running a bit. No, I wasn't sure. Um, <laughs> I thought no, you no, were no. being Bill from outside the cinema and running a bit. I'm oh, sorry. no, no. I'm not that clever. I, I just, as we know, I'm I'm not very... So then do you not know the original? Do you know the original? I've heard the original. Okay. I definitely have. I, I just wasn't sure that it was her or not. Acoustic version of it. I oh, God. It. This, this was just... Um, Everything about, first of all, again, the fact that Brad is just always sort of around. Yeah, he's always so sort of around. Sit down and Brad, play the piano, the piano player. Uh, this was a song I didn't want to end. And yeah. I like, it's the kind of song that has a couple of parts where you think it's going to end, and then it keeps going, and I was like, yep. oh, good. And just the, like, um, Leah Michelle's face the whole time, just the little, like, smiles, was, little nods. It was the definition of theatricality. It was. Because absolutely. you know what? It's not a song like Naked Eskimo said, you know, you you've waited forever to sing this song and you pick <laughs> poker face. It wasn't a song that a mother and a daughter should be singing together. But they made it work because they they kinda interpreted the lyrics into their own thing through their performance. Right. Like the performance made it. It was all about it was all about just, you know, look just look what I can do, Mom. Look yeah. what I can do. And her being like, Yeah, and here I'm gonna I'm gonna support you. And just both of their voices were worked so well. Spot on. And I mean, the just again, I, I I can't emphasize it enough. But the look in Leah Michelle's face the entire song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I loved at the end, like once Shelby left, and like she did the the little Rachel Berryism she has of always like whenever she's embarrassed or um, like upset, she always like takes her hair and puts it behind her ear, mm-hmm. and she does it, and then she smooths it down. And you watch it, and you'll see her do it in almost any episode where. You know, it's it's her little little twitch that she has, mm-hmm. and she does it there. And it's you know, again, just the look in her face when she does it, and she still is doing the little tick she has. And it, oh, it just totally sold me on everything about this episode. Yeah, uh, I had one problem with it though. What? When and this is again sort of a personal bringing other things into it. Uh, when at the end, like Shelby's like, but or I can't remember who says it, but like, well, can I give you a hug? All I could think was, oh my god, sideways flash. Because obviously it was lost finale week, and anytime anybody touched, it was like, whoa, it's like, you know, touch me so that we can now go back to our other world and everything. And I was expecting like a sideways flash for Glee when that happened. (laughs) Not sure if anybody else felt that way. But I did. I think you're the only one. Maybe. Very special. Listeners, tell us if you also sensed a sideways flash and what sideways uh, uh, Rachel would be like. Okay, so anything else about the song? Should we just go into our highs and lows? Yeah. It's okay. You have um, you have one of my highs written down. Oh, the first line? Yeah. <laughs> um, Tina's mom apparently rocks. Yeah, because she's... My mom won't let me watch Twilight. She thinks Kristen Stewart looks like a bitch. Which, <laughs> which is awesome. Which is just fantastic. That just made me happy. As did Figgins believing in vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple of things that I was wondering if... This episode felt a little more... Not improv, but it felt like the cast was having a little more fun. That maybe they like kept the camera rolling a little more. Maybe they didn't script every little thing in the background as much. Mm-hmm. And there were two moments where I thought this. Once in the beginning, when Will announces Lady Gaga as the um, assignment, and Rachel is like, "Pen, pen, give me a pen. Yeah, pen I have an idea." Yeah. And it just felt very much and like Will's like in my office. Yeah, <laughs> and it and I wondered if it was just Leia Michelle going because everybody in the background is doing something, mm-hmm. and it it was like a little touch. I wondered. It was a very sweet moment. Yeah, and then later when um 
I think it was after the Bad Romance performance, which, by the way, did you see how much Mike Chang was enjoying the Bad Romance? He was very He was, like, totally it. into it. It was so cute. Um, but when Will is, like, calming everyone down, it was like, okay, okay, siéntate. Yeah. <laughs> when he speaks in Spanish to have them sit. Which is great because he's a Spanish he's teacher. He's a Spanish teacher, but we <laughs> so never see him teaching Spanish. So we, well, we do once or twice. We did, like, once when he was teaching April. Um, um, but it was just, like, a funny, tiny little thing. Um, and then the other, th- a couple of things I've already mentioned, but then the one other thing, uh, the football players, uh, what, what do they say? If you want to be like, it doesn't make you versatile. If you want to change things up, stop wearing Gap and wear Banana Republic. Like, essentially, <laughs> I mean, I know I murdered it, but. But, but it was, it was just a funny, like, that was, it ended up being a much funnier scene. Yeah. And I love the little, like, the Supercuts line was great, but the Gap Banana Republic line really cracked me up. Um, my high note. Of, of the year is uh, Kurt's shoes during the Lady Gaga performance. Wow. Those shoes. And he, and he, he was like, wore walking them. around them in yeah. school. Yeah. Had no problem with them. And he wore them on the Glee Live performance. So he was really, he really performed that whole number in those shoes. Wow. That's impressive. Craziness. I hope they had support in there. I hope they had like Dr. Scholl's <laughs> something, something. Because they were like gigantic clogs on steroids. Yeah, they were crazy. Uh, my lows. Do you have any other highs? I don't have any other highs. Okay. Um, Two lows I had. One was uh, something that a lot of our great feedbackers have mentioned was the sort of um, brown nosing to Lady Gaga. When Will is like, I'm learning all of this. Am- I- and you can tell he was like, I'm Wikipediaing all this amazing <laughs> stuff about Lady Gaga. Like that she has an artist colony. Called House of Gaga. Yeah. And it was so like, okay, do you have a website for us to go to at the end <laughs> of the episode? Because that's what it feels like you're trying to get me to do. Um, and that it, it did irk me a little bit because it was the same with the Madonna episode. It doesn't irk me because I, it, they live in small town Ohio. Like we live in, I feel like she might not be as prevalent in smaller towns as she is here. Mm-hmm. Like maybe. maybe you know he's he's an adult. He's not he's not a twenty something who listens to new music and is you know in right. Because he near, didn't close to even know who Lady Gaga was right. Yeah, I well, I don't know that he didn't know who she was. But, I don't remember. I, I but feel I feel like, like as as a middle aged teacher, maybe he wouldn't be familiar with Lady Gaga. Middle aged? Well, as an older but the than the lifespan suddenly I, in America I, went down sorry, about sorry, three sorry, years. Sorry. All right, he's not middle aged. But as an adult in middle America, he okay. may not be familiar with Lady Gaga. Okay. And yes, maybe he would have to take the internet and Wikipedia her. Mm. Ah, it felt a little too kiss up for me. The other thing, speaking of kiss up, the other, it was just one line that really irked me. Um, and it was something Puck said when Puck is talking to Quinn about like, what's the name of their kid? He's like, you know, I thought that I had to be all theatrical, you know, but then I learned all this kiss stuff. What the fuck did that mean? Did you catch that line? I didn't. It was when he was announcing sort of, uh, uh, before he sang Beth. And he's like, like apparently singing shouted in face makeup well, means probably, that now you know not to name your daughter Jackie Daniels. No, I think it was more that he like learned about the band and about their lives and how they're not theatrical all the time and how they have families and, okay. and real life names and they're not naming their daughters Jackie Daniels. I guess Daniels. he didn't explain that well enough. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, that's what I get episode, from it. They didn't have time. Yeah. All right. Did you have any low notes? I don't have any low notes. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I agree. So what we just talked about leads into our new question of the week. Uh, indeed it does. What other exciting names do you, could you come up with that Puck and Quinn should name their baby girl? Right. We know Puck wanted to name her Jackie Daniels. And um, Quinn uh, has maybe accepted that Beth is a better name. What are their last names? Do we know? Um, Puckerman, Puckerman and Fabray. 
And Fabray. Fabray Puckerman. So Beth Fabray Puckerman. Or Beth Puckerman. Or Jackie Daniels Fabray Puckerman. Throw them out there. Just yeah. get, bring them. Bring it. Bring him. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, yes, I am at Deadly Dolls. And I am at Erica's Name. Mm-hmm. You can read my blog, uh, deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com. Post on the forums. Because That's you know right. what, people? I asked everyone who goes on the forums if they noticed anything different in last week's audio quality, and no one answered me. That's right. Erica's been playing with some technical stuff um, that I don't understand. Trying to make things sound better, and no one's giving me any feedback, so I don't know what to do. So go to the forums and answer me, please. Or just answer me in an email. Or Glee, You don't want to make her angry. Gleecast at gmail.com. And the last thing I wanted to throw out a plug for was um, uh, our our friend Rachel out in the Twitter world of Australia. I don't know that she really exists because it's Australia. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's... Things like, are backwards down there. I don't right. know. It's, it's odds, essentially. Yeah. It's, yeah. But um, Rachel has started a podcast called Girls on Film, which you can search in iTunes store, Girls on Film Podcast, or girlsonfilm.podomatic.com, I believe. Uh, and in her first episode, there was discussion on Martyrs and Predator, and you can hear me speak about those things. Yeah. It's, it's a little, the audio is a little patchy, but, but um, it's a lot of fun. It. It's to. a lot of fun. Yeah, and then we just make fun of Australia at the end of it, so um, I don't want to be starting to, any wars going on I didn't get to the here. end yet. So. Oh, well then. Uh, but we also, we spoil the, sh- the movies, but um, they're movies you should have seen by now, yeah, so see them and then listen. I, do we have anything else to say? Happy Memorial Day, which is kind of a somber holiday. I had to explain this to somebody at work um, who didn't know he was off today because he's not from the States. Uh, I had to kind of explain, like, oh, it's Memorial Day. We honor those who died in battle or those who died serving our country, which, of course, you know, we honor them. Uh, And it's also the official start to summer, so there's a lot of barbecues. Yeah. So it's kind of that um, typical Americanness of mixing things. Yeah. Uh, But other than that... That's, That's how, how Sue, Sue sees, sees it. it. Maybe we should stop that. Maybe. <laughs>